Is God a loving person? Or is he an angry old man who wants to punish us? What caused the destruction of the mighty Roman Empire? Will he send plagues and floods to destroy other countries? Is there such a thing as personal freedom and responsibility? Or are we victims of blind chance? Who was responsible for the escalation of events that led to the death of Jesus Christ? And does any of it really matter? What is God really like? Pastor John Carter looks below the surface and helps us to understand the big issues of the cultural revolution, sin, death, and freedom. What are the consequences of rejecting God and his laws? Today, in the second part of this program, we're dealing with one of the the most perplexing of all questions. How can a holy God, how can a loving God have wrath? Do we, do we have some pagan idea that Christ dies on the cross to appease the wrath of the Father who was absolutely mad with all of us? Do we believe in this doctrine, this pagan doctrine of appeasement? Now, the Bible teaches the great truth of the love of God, that God loves people. Now, this, this cannot be denied. It also teaches the truth that God is a righteous and a holy God, and God has a righteous wrath against sin. Now, let me read you the text from the book of Romans. Now, some people would like us to cut these passages out of the Bible. We're not going to do it. Romans 1, 21 and onwards, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and uh, creeping things. What Paul is saying is this. In the ancient world, people substituted the great creator or rather they, they got rid of the great creator altogether and instead of the great creator, they had things, they had the creature, they had the creation. And so they, they, they put the creation, the things that we see with our eyes in the place of the almighty God whom we cannot see with these eyes. Now, as you know, I've been to Russia and Ukraine more times than I can almost remember. With my family, we've been there at least 49 or 50 times. I remember back in, let me think now, it was 1991, went to Moscow, went to Red Square, went in and gazed at Lenin, this man who'd been lying like a mummy, lying there for many, many years. 
He was the man on which communism was built. Russia, the great USSR, was built upon this, this man. And I thought to myself, communism is crumbling, Russia is falling apart, it, everything is just falling to pieces. I saw it falling to pieces. I was there when communism was collapsed. And I did a television talk out in Red Square. You can't do that today, of course. And I told the people, communism and the USSR collapsed because it was built upon a, a dead man. But the church is alive and well today in Russia because it was built upon a living Christ. When the communists turned away from God, they committed unspeakable crimes. They murdered tens of millions of people. They starved them. They, they smashed their skulls in. They tortured them. It was a reign of hell. Hell reigns, my friend, when we forget God and when we reject the great creator. So this is what the book of Romans is talking about. And the Bible tells us that when men turn away from God, they bring upon themselves the wrath of God. Is there a consequence to sin? Is there a limit to the patience of God? We need to understand this very plainly. God does not have human anger. Thank God. Uh, God is not some person who uh, loses his temper and flares up and says, I'm going to wipe out this nation. I'm going to do all this stuff. No, no, no. God is incredibly loving and patient and kind and good, goodness. He's full of goodness. But because God is totally righteous, because God is totally righteous, he reacts with righteous indignation against sin that destroys the world and the human soul. Now, let me tell you something. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21, maybe I should read it to you. We have one of the most amazing texts in all of the Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21. It describes Christ on the cross. It says this, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. The Bible tells us that Christ the God-man took the sin of the world upon him, upon his own soul. And when he took the sin of the world upon him, his, his own holy soul, he tasted the wrath and the indignation of God against sin. This is the most amazing thing in all the Bible. God took his own medicine. It wasn't God standing off somewhere in his piety saying, now I'm going to give this person, this person is going to appease my wrath. No, God himself, the almighty God, the creator of the universe, takes 
his own medicine. And that is why he cried out in his dying moments, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he was tasting the wrath of God, his own wrath. This is the heart of the Christian gospel. How was God's holy and righteous wrath manifested in the Roman Empire? Now, some would say we ought to get a pair of scissors and we need to cut these passages right out of the Bible. I've heard a person say this on television. Uh, We need to bring the Bible up to date and we need to cut out these uh, embarrassing passages. Now, let me read to you something in the Bible. Romans 24, the Bible says, Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to disown their bodies among themselves. The Bible says the ancient Roman Empire rejected the God of the Bible, the God of creation, and worshipped the creature rather than the creator. And the Bible tells us, and, and it uses these terms, God gave them up. The same is in Romans chapter 8 where it says, God gave up his own son. Can you believe this? God gave up his own son when his own son took the sin of the world upon his sinless soul. When that happened, he tasted the inevitable righteous judgment of God against sin. If you and I continue on in our sins and if we deny Christ and if we reject the creator, God also, the Bible says, will give us up. This is what the Bible teaches. This is the truth of the gospel. And let me read to you from Romans 1, 24. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another. Men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over. He gave them up. He gave them over to a debased mind to do do those things which are not fitting. This is amazing. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, 
maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, gossips, and liars, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Let me make this as plain as I can. God loves people. God loves us so much that in Christ, he gave himself to die on the cross. He took his own medicine. But here he gives us a tremendous warning of what happens when people turn from the Bible and they turn from the creator and they worship the creature and when they are given up to all types of lawlessness. Now some say, shall we cut this out of our Bibles? Now this is a time of incredible intolerance in the world. It is a time when there are certain people who want to have the ability to say whatever they want to say, to say whatever they want to say in the schools and to teach our children whatever they want to teach them, even though it is completely opposed to the word of God. We are living in a time of tremendous bigotry and tremendous intolerance. But it is time for you and for me who love our God and who love our children and who love our grandchildren and who love our neighbours, it is time for us to say to people, it is time for us to return to the God of the Bible because the God we serve is a loving God but he is also a righteous judge. What about God's patience for the unreligious man, the unchurched? Romans 1 is talking about people who are not religious. In Romans 1, he talks about the unchurched, the unwashed, the unchurched. But then in Romans 2, he talks about the churchy people, the religious people, the people of apparent piety. And if you read Romans 2, it's almost worse than Romans 1 because he says the religious people in their hypocrisy are often no better. Let me read it to you. Romans 
chapter 2 and verse 1. You can see why the Bible makes people mad because the Bible teaches the truth. Romans chapter 2, verse 1. Therefore you are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge, for in whatever you judge another, you condemn yourself, for you who judge practice the same things. And now he's talking to the religious world of his own day. He says, you know his will. So he's talking about believers. And approve the things that are excellent, verse 18, being instructed out of the law. And are confident that you yourselves are a guide to the blind, a light to those in the darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, having the form of knowledge and truth in the law. And then he goes on to say, verse 24, for the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. He goes on to say, and he's talking here to the most religious people that have ever lived on the face of the earth. The people who claim to be the custodians of the law, the people who claim to be the people of God, the people of his own day, the religious people, he says, you know better. Because you make a big pretension of piety, but in the secret recesses of your hearts and in your own bedrooms and everywhere else, you do the same things as the Romans. So what do we draw from all of this? That our only hope, my friend, is in the mercy and in the grace of God. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. There is salvation, but only through the blood of the Christ who went to the cross and who became a curse for us, as we read in Galatians. How was the love of God and the righteousness of God manifested on the cross of Christ? You remember when Christ, the Son of God, was hanging on the cross, the God-man, because he was bearing the sin of the world, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he was tasting the judgment of God. He was tasting death for every man. I quote here Galatians chapter 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessings of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Hanging on the cross, the Bible says, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Think of it. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. It's quoting the book of Deuteronomy. But he's hanging on the tree. Why is he cursed? You say he, he, he could not have been cursed. Christ was never cursed. The Bible says cursed is everyone hanging on a tree. Read it in your own Bible. Read it in the book of Galatians. Ponder the words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? 
because he is bearing the sin of the world and tasting the wrath of God. What God is this? What God is this? What God is this? That he should come down from the glories of heaven, the creator of a vast universe of billions and trillions of suns and moons and stars and planets. This almighty God, he becomes a man. In the beginning was the Logos and the Logos was with God and the Logos was God. The same nature. He partook of the same nature of God. So he's fully God. But things change. Through the mighty power of God, he is cradled for nine months in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And then he's born. After the natural order of things, he isn't born in the temple with the priests there worshipping him. He's born in a barn. The only orchestra, the mooing of the cows and the bleating of the sheep and the braying of the donkeys. They're the only ones who welcome the creator of the universe. Then he lives among us. He is the only sinless person since the fall of Adam, the only sinless person that this world has ever seen. None of us are sinless. We are sinners. Some of us redeemed sinners and some of us rebellious sinners. He lives among us. He can say to Satan, say to the people, who can accuse me of sin? Satan has no hold upon me, he says. But he goes to the cross. When he goes to the cross, the holy wrath of God against sin is poured out upon Christ. This is not some angel, not some third person. This is God in human flesh. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself. God was in Christ. So Christ, God in human flesh, takes the wrath of God upon himself. He bears our sin. He tastes the wrath of God and he pays in full with his own blood your sin and my sin. Why did the Roman Empire collapse? Because of rebellion against God, because of the rejection of the Creator. We are seeing the Western world today. We're seeing the whole world today walking in the footsteps of the Roman Empire. We see them. We see great civilizations going down, 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 down. Why? Because of a rejection of the word of God. Look at your television. 95% of it is absolute nonsense. You know it is true. They have stuff on today that is a complete description or a fulfillment of Romans chapter 1. I'm not going to go and talk to you about it because you don't need for me to describe to you what you can see with your own eyes on television. The filth, the pornography, and the garbage 
that flows out of Hollywood and other parts in the world and the authors are people who have rejected God and don't believe in God and who are at war with the Creator. And so civilization is going down, crime is increasing, violence is increasing, we see the breakup of the family, we see the dissolution of society, we see the reign of demons. As Karl Barth quoted in one of his books, when the holy day becomes the day of man, society and humanity wither away and the demons rule. The, ru the demons today are ruling what is our only hope? Our only hope is God. Our only hope is to read our Bibles. Read your Bible? No, we don't need that anymore. You and I need it today more than we've ever needed it before. We need to read our Bibles every day and read the Word of God out loud. Beverly and I have got the practice now we're here somewhat in our splendid isolation on the Isle of Patmos and we read the Holy Word of God out loud. It does something for us. It supercharges us. So how do I summarize this talk today? <laughs> From my home in Australia with this special pulpit that I put together with my books, some of these books, 175 years old, goodness me. So I got them together and I said, I've got to have somewhere to put my notes. How do I sum this up? God is inexpressibly loving. Think of the nicest person you know. He's a billion times better than the nicest person you know. He loves us more than you and I can comprehend. He thinks about you. You're on his mind. He loved you so much. He loves you so much that he became a man in the person of Christ. He took his own medicine. He suffered his own wrath against God. This is the word of the Lord. What should we do? Believe. Come to Christ. Repent of our sins and obey the law of God. Keep, by the grace of God, keep his commandments, not in order to be saved, but because we are saved. May the grace of God, may the love of God fill you today with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. You can now find the Carter Report anywhere, anytime, on any Android or Apple device. Use your cell phone, tablet, computer, or TV to access the many inspirational messages from Pastor Carter 24-7. For Apple users, go to the App Store. For Android users, go to Google Play and download the free Carter Report app. The Carter Report 
also has an official YouTube and Vimeo channel. Search for The Carter Report and find the topic that speaks to you. Roku users, simply search for The Carter Report and download the app free. The same on Amazon Fire. For Apple TV, visit the App Store and download the app. Reach out to The Carter Report and experience the hope, faith, and love of Jesus Christ. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.